Good morning and welcome back to the Explicit Measures Podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Hello everyone and welcome to the Explicit Measure Podcast. How's it going? Good morning. Good morning. I, I'm really enjoying these more than twice a week conversations. I know we had a lot of recordings. <laughs> I just enjoy it. It's fun with you guys. Tommy, you can call me anytime. You don't have to be on a podcast yeah, to talk I, to I me. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. There's these things called phones, you know. Changing my number. Teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you at 6 in the morning. Right. Hey, what's going on? No, I want you to call me early in the morning and go, yo. Oi, that was oi. that was that was for oi. you, Adam. Yeah, that was for you, Adam. So today is a momentous day for oh, for weeks and weeks and weeks. The number of the episodes for podcasts on Thursdays <laughs> has been odd, and today, in the first time since I don't know what what episode were we on, like one hundred something. When when did Charles come on the the podcast? I don't I don't have the searchable C W Charles Webb. When he was on here on a fateful Wednesday. On a Wednesday. And uh, he, he ruined our numbering schema and Tommy was sorely thrown off. So now we are back on schedule. We now have Thursdays are even. So you're welcome, Tommy. That was, a, that was a long time ago. Was it? Yeah. It was last May, I think. So that was over 100 yeah. episodes ago? It was like last May or June, Charles Webb. It feels like yesterday, guys. Data mark. It feels like it yesterday. Does. It does. Talking to you guys is uh, it just is. It, it it's like the cockles day. of my it goes heart. By so yeah, quickly. Warm, warms the cockles of my heart. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. It's something <laughs> like I heard somewhere. Yeah. Um. Excellent. Uh, so there's been there's been some announcements on the blog here, and as I think about what we were talking about this week, uh, we had Emily Lisa on the podcast as a special episode yesterday. Uh, she came to talk to us about this new feature called editing uh, your data model on the web. So basically editing um, relationships, making measures, awesome stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now there is another announcement from Lauren talking about uh, pre-announcing better Power BI report integration with OneDrive and SharePoint. And while these features don't appear at the surface to be directly related, I do feel like there's potential here for some connection between these two features. So overall, this feature, this is something that I've been very nervous about. I didn't really, there wasn't many details when they put this on the Power BI adoption roadmap or Power BI roadmap, I guess what it would be the wave, they call those things, the roadmap. Power, power platform. Release power platform wave. roadmap. Yeah. So I didn't know how this licensing was going to work. I didn't know who could, who could make stuff in the content in SharePoint and OneDrive. So it, it looks like, again, I was more worried about the licensing piece of this, uh, but it looks like if you're a Power BI Pro user, or have premium licenses attached to you, you can go in and you can upload Power BI files to SharePoint or OneDrive, and you can directly view the report without having to publish anything into PowerBI.com. You can view the report, you can interact with the report, and there's actually some interesting in the future type bullet points that they added on there. And uh, this, is really, this is really interesting around where uh, opening report, auto-saving edits, edit, uh, directly in the browser seems really interesting here. So when I, I read wanna... through the article, I'm, oh, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Sorry. No, I, how, how can you make a, what's a pre announcement to a new announcement? Yeah. That's, um, that's throwing me off. It's a, <laughs> I guess this is an FYI. <laughs> I, maybe? I, just re I, re I read it. I'm like, wow. Like this is, this is an announcement of, of new features coming up. Like this. We're okay, pre-announcing really episode 300. How do you pre-announcing the announcement <laughs> pre that you just gave me? Pre-announced episode 300? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. So I, 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 that was, that was humorous to me. Cool. Like joking aside though. Yeah. Like this is, this is, so um, how have you guys interacted with files, right? In the past, like it, it, essentially all your PBX stored on SharePoint and then I just sync the SharePoint folder with my my local, local so it, it it treats it like um hmm? like like this experience kind of, but it's not right. Huh? Like there are these weird situations that I've got in where for some reason my local version didn't sync right with SharePoint, and Correct. then it creates it as this weird number um, named thing. Yeah, that, you know. yeah. So the the fact just from the development standpoint that this that kind of takes this away, right? Because it's just a now a unified location it sounds like or, well, or that's the way it's going to be presented 
So it says in the so this is what I was leaning into here a little bit. It says in the future we will incorporate greater parity with Office and plan uh, to allow you to auto save edits in Power BI Desktop directly to the cloud. So it sounds like you're you're right, Seth. Like it's it's this idea or this concept of you know how you go to like um you know PowerPoint or or Word, right? And you can go into your Teams environment, click the file that's in the SharePoint location, and say open in app. The app right. opens and it just keeps auto saving itself back into that SharePoint location. It sounds like this seems very similar. It oh, makes sense okay. a bit when it comes to the other things in the release wave. For example, one of the we had a, an entire episode on that all, um, all Power BI installs will be part of Office install. So if you install Office, that's true. So yeah. in all those applications, you can edit on the web. Yeah, correct. And it's so it's like a web SharePoint, right? It's blurring that line a bit more between what happens locally on your machine with desktop applications and what happens in the web as well. As long as I still get version control, this makes me very happy, right? Like be, because yeah. this yeah, also right? kind of, Do does this does this also it? unify like the other implementation of kind of sharing like you deploying your Power BI report directly, right? Like oh, that method, syncing. I don't I know like. What you're talking about. Yeah, you know I how it syncs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you if you connect to your report from the Power BI service and rather than browse computer, yeah, um, that will sync like whatever updates are made. I don't think so. I don't. I actually, I don't think this has anything to do with that. Okay. So this is more just the interaction in the Office ecosystem in SharePoint, where, hey, you you cut down these barriers. That's awesome. What about mm -hmm. what about you don't like this, Tommy? Uh, no, it's not that I don't like it. It's more I'm just so indifferent. I don't know how necessary it is. Like, I think fine. this is going to change how people it, interact with Power BI a lot. I well, how so? Well, so I think about what Emily Lisa was talking about yesterday about being able to edit a data model. In this note here, it says here at the very bottom, we can already edit a data model in the web, which is just part of a PBIX file to begin with. And then right here, it says edit the report directly in the browser. So. If we're bringing, so if we're, again, this is what I would kind of see Microsoft doing a lot of, is they're trying to bring full parity between desktop and what happens inside a web browser. So if we're getting to the point where I can put a file, I can have it located inside SharePoint, I can edit the report side of it using the browser, and now I can have Emily's tool where I'm editing the model inside the browser, like that could be, so now I... Yeah, I'm moving oh, further away. So I would from be desktop. moving. You're going to three places. I would be moving this from before. SharePoint to OneDrive. It's. I think SharePoint OneDrive is basically the same, same thing. thing. How I view it. But you're still going to three places based on that. Like you, if you're going to model the web. And are we saying it has all the capabilities like bookmarks, or is just moving visuals around? Like right now, the service still has very limited in terms of report building. Creation. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, the, and the reason yeah. I don't like building the in the service is because. When, when I used to build in the service, I could never get it out. Like I, if I built a report right. in the service, there was no way to download what that is, which I think has been remedied to some degree. I think there are still occasions where you get a little bit of pushback around not being able to get the report down. Yeah. You might lock yourself into like a data set because the data set has an incremental yeah. refresh that you just can't download the copy of the data set now. But if you're on an XML endpoint, you can get a BIM file out. You can get the definition. That, like there's, there's, yeah. it's getting a little bit more fuzzy. Like what is the rule now? Because my hard rule previously was never build anything in the web because I, I could build a file and I could never get it back. But it's that was my, and now that they're doing a better job of letting me edit in the web and getting downloads of files or potentially syncing those files directly with SharePoint better, making that experience more seamless. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm going to bend a bit more on, on letting you edit in the web now. But realistically, the use case is like I've edited on the web a few times. I've never I've created, but just to test it out. The only time I've done something in production I've edited was because something broke and it was needed a quick fix. The report was you left uh, the filter on in the filter pane, and you're like, crap, yeah. <laughs> who has it? Honestly, <laughs> let's be real here. Let's be yeah, real. Let's be real here. Yeah. Let's be real here. But nothing where it's actually like peer development or taking longer than 10 minutes in the web. Yes. Yes. And again, those are always things immediately I would be doing the desktop too to sync them together. It was just to get something up and running. But it's not like I don't like this. I just think, um, I don't know. It just seems like spend your money elsewhere. It's neat, but I don't know how much this is really going to be used. I don't think it's going to be used for a developer. I think, Tommy, what you're thinking about is the, the pro developer or the person who's working a lot and building reports over and over again. I, I don't know how much I would use this feature there. 
if if I could get a better again, if if I'm like I'm I'm in leaning into the experience here a bit more, right? If I can get a real time auto saving of desktop edits directly into SharePoint, and SharePoint can have a real time or more real time, you know, acknowledging that there are changes with that file in PowerBay.com. I don't see why I wouldn't be able to link that file from SharePoint directly to PowerBay.com. And then if I edit it in PowerBay.com, I would expect those changes to immediately be pushed down to the file. So I, I feel like I want that experience to be working. So that way, whether I edit in desktop, SharePoint, or the service, there's always a, a current version of whatever that file is doing. If I had that, then I think I would be a bit more lenient on, go ahead, edit in the web. It takes it a second or two, and those changes then are propagated down to the file fine but then you still would have to publish it like no you I don't mean, not in that scenario no okay so the two scenarios and before we go way too far into this you're either syncing that sharepoint drive uh sharepoint file with mm -hmm. power bi which seth and i noted not the greatest experience don't like it now if you just edit the sharepoint file it's not synced to power bi so you still have to publish it but i'm saying that this is changing that like i'm thinking like yeah your experience that you understand sharepoint syncing files today is not ideal but if they're doing this kind of level of stuff where you can go view a file inside SharePoint, okay, maybe maybe if you want to edit it, you don't go to PowerBay.com. Maybe you go to your SharePoint page and edit the file directly there. Okay, it's the same thing as editing in the service. You just don't edit in PowerBay.com's workspace. So I'm happy. I'm thinking there's got to be some kind of better synchronization between these different things. If you can increase the synchronization level and make it a bit more seamless between these different objects, yeah, maybe. You know... Um... It's been a while, a, a long while before we've even gotten an enhancement to how we save files here. That's true. Like, yeah. it would be, yeah, I, I, I've got to be rebuilding something. I love, I love your optimism, Mike. It's fantastic. I know you're not going to use what about the second part. Of, what about none of the what words a, that you said? said what, tabular what, what, what about, what Someone's got to feel ideas.power.com. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if no one else is going to use it, I, okay. I got to use okay. it. So, what, what about the second part of, of this pre announcement to the announcement about <laughs> yes. share, sharing reports directly from these locations to end users. Now, mind you, caveat in here, this isn't a, hey, we're giving up the licensing. All of that is specifically Stinks laid out. Like, yeah. you still need pro. You need to be covered by premium, which is interesting that it understands that, right? So now mm -hmm. AD in licensing or an E5. But like the whole one of the main tenets of the service was this is where you deploy to share things. It's governed. We understand what's being used and how it's being used and who has access to things. And now we can directly share off these locations to, to end users, like Does in it, not the yeah. edit mode, right? Because like you share an individual report, Seth, it goes through if you're doing in the service. I wonder if that synchronizes. Now, now they did they did make the change to the service like six months ago or whatever, like to make it more like office yes. sharing and everything else. So I'm sure there's a way we can now catalog and understand who has access to things, but it's certainly not in the service realm. I don't think. I imagine right? they could be say, oh man, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because one's a file, the others has its own idea. Yeah. Like they're not it's now within the office ecosystem. You have access to this SharePoint location <laughs> oh. or OneDrive, right? Yeah. So how, like, to me, like, that just goes, like, there's two parts that are, that make me, like, mm. so one, almost, is, one yeah. is, one is the administration aspect of Power BI service and sharing, yep. and the other is security, right, around people not, shouldn't be seeing some things with random links being shared. You I mean, almost, granted, yeah. that, 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 that holds true for all sort of data and documents. Everything. You can put it in Excel and share the same thing. Yeah. However... What are your guys' thoughts? It makes it easier, but I think it's going to be. I think this is going to be dangerous. Honestly, I, I do think this is going to be. You have um, out of sync people. Well, I, I think, think you're going to get a proliferation of. Well, again, this is where the, this is where I'm a little bit caught too, right? Why would I want to build a whole bunch of workspaces where I could, if instead I can just give people a bunch of files? Right. Like my whole team, if I if we had E5 licenses and we didn't know any better, we could build a whole bunch of Power BI files. We could just throw them down in our SharePoint page and never even touch PowerBay.com. So that that's interesting all of itself. And then where does the activity logging go? Is that something we're right. going to catch as an admin somewhere? Does in, that yeah. does this use 
you know, are we, if capacity. we're on a premium SKU, are we using capacity now? Or is this, mm -hmm. or is this only a Microsoft managed capacity, right? So does this ever... Now, now, part right? of this though is you, you can't, you can't uh, set up an automated refresh. However, I... Mm. <clears throat> That's true. However, just because my processes follow service, follow automated refresh, follow all these things that have been part of the ecosystem, I, I every single new user, every single one, some or a business unit that does not understand the ecosystem of Power BI is already doing this. They're yes, sharing they these files directly. Correct. Yes. Right? So, but at the same time, they That's all have true. to manually refresh the file. Somebody's got to manually refresh the file. So yes. what's you know, you know, like, it, it, are you really solving a problem by being able to share the report version of something to other well, users in this ecosystem? I maybe don't, I don't know. it makes sense from the dev point of view, rather than publishing a report where you're in development, you just share the OneDrive. Yeah, yeah, you, but are you know that's not how it's going to be. I, I know. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to be like Mike, some positive, positive energy. Yeah, try to be positive, guys. Please. <laughs> But no, you're right. Like it's not gonna, it can't sync with Power BI audit logs because it's right. not in, a Power BI audit in log. In a positive light, what what are the problems that this this yeah, new pre-announcement announcement solves? I mean, I think I think this is what this is opening up is it's opening up the ability for people to quickly glean an image or look at a report at a high level. You know, even if or even now, like if I walk away from a client and they have a whole bunch of Power BI files that we've put in their SharePoint. I go back to them like i know the names of the report but i don't get to see an image of the report there's no preview i can't do anything there so i think i think from a development team standpoint if i'm developing reports i think it'll definitely add some value and help to your point seth right there's no automation i don't think i could see any automation from this where it would automatically load those files that's going to be the next request someone's going to have is going to be like hey thanks for sharepoint uh but i can't refresh the data it doesn't refresh itself i'm like yeah no no dip like it's not going to do it like it will not refresh its information so I feel like in that respect, I think people are going to expect too much out of it. So there's going to be like a tamped expectation around this. But at the end of the day, I do think like we're already doing this with Excel. We're already doing other documents. You should be able to easily share these things across the ecosystem. And, you know, maybe my organization doesn't turn this on because we don't feel that you should be landing a whole bunch of Power BI files or previewing them or editing them inside SharePoint. Because this is a feature you can turn off. This will be administrated oh, what's what's the first well. question if you if you share this link and to to somebody as a as a report they're going to be like yeah but the data is stale right like you'd have to mm -hmm. manually report like re refresh it every time so power, power bi park makes a funny comment in the chat where sometimes companies are like it's cheaper to get somebody to manually refresh and send it out like, <laughs> like is it can you, is it can you imagine? <laughs> no because you still need the licenses right i still yeah. need pro or I need to be covered by premium, so yes. you're still paying that. Yes. But can you imagine that loophole? Actually, you're like, oh, it's cheaper. I'm just gonna hire. We're, we're gonna hire a whole, uh, an a whole bunch of people <laughs> to like open the files, refresh them, and save them. Yeah, that was the first two years of my Power BI, Power BI <laughs> life. Yeah, because we our, our ODBC uh, connections didn't work, so oh, we had no yeah. Way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This you lived you lived my joke. First two hours every day oh. getting in at six in the morning was refreshing reports and publishing oh. them. Oh man. So we're going back to that. No, I read this article and it's like cool. That's there's there's nothing yeah. that's like this is gonna be detrimental, but I don't think it's gonna be anything where companies are going to shift their process and they're gonna be part of documentation. This is a one pager of like, hey, I'm, if you I'm want not, to view things, but I don't nobody, I don't see nobody it. said the magic word this this morning. Oh, it's not even close to that. Nobody nobody said that, Tommy. So of course it's no. not a huge organizational thing. Or I don't think you're gonna see a lot of even not like a complete shift, but I don't see this is just gonna be part of something did you know you could do? Wow, that's neat. Yeah. And then everyone moves on. Mm. Except I think for it's all good. the problems we're talking about when it comes to audit logs sharing in uh that's out of sync and I think what, it's gonna have a wider impact than that. I, I do I do capacities. I do also see I wanna see how well, there's a, there's going to be a deeper integration based on the screenshots. They have a deeper integration between desktop and the SharePoint OneDrive yeah. locations, anyways. Yeah. So I'll I'll be interested to see how they're going to play this out, um, and if there's a way to, if if they can improve my experience between PowerBI.com, these files, SharePoint, and OneDrive, I, I think in my mind this makes a lot of sense. And also, if if you're talking yeah. about refreshing data set, like. We could we could be landing a whole bunch of thin reports here too, right? So th these don't have to be necessarily 
Uh, oh, no, they interesting. do. They, they do. Uh, I thought clicking, double click as as a couple people might argue. Double click. Uh, let me double click into what you just said. Uh, okay. Yeah. You, if you go, there's a there's a, there link a note there documentation. Oh, so nerdy. And I I think for right now, <laughs> I think for right now it's all import. Yeah. Okay, so they only let you look at import. And yeah, a live yeah. connection wouldn't work with this. RLS isn't supported. That would be yeah, a problem. So there. You know, just like our conversation with um, Emily yesterday, right? You know where I go right away. Like, yeah. Is there a link to technical technical documentation? Yeah, exactly. Scroll all the way to so the bottom. Considerations, the limitations. limitations. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, see how it's going to work right now. It is on their roadmap. They said they did say in the future we would like to let you look at view reports connected to data sets in Power BI Service. So did they I think, say we would like you to. Well, it just says view reports. Like <laughs> pipe dream no it says yeah. in the future we will incorporate greater parity oh. view reports connected to data sets and power bi service so it's not there right now day one but i mean i would imagine that would be something you'd get to eventually be great if the documentation is like it would be great if we could do this <laughs> yeah it would be great <laughs> make sure you like and subscribe and fill it out and yeah yeah well, every documentation i want from microsoft have it wouldn't be need section yes exactly anyways interesting topic i think this is very is. relevant the only thing I would really make a note here is you can enable the public preview or you can turn it off. There are some settings that need to be enabled or disabled to be able to do this. So I believe those who are administrating there in Power BI environments or SharePoint, you may need to coordinate with your IT department to make sure you're either turning this on or off, depending on what you want. I thought there was something concerning here that they mentioned at the top that there's a, a feature that is on by default. Um, on or off? There's... Default. There's on one on default. and one off. OneDrive and SharePoint from Power BI Desktop Preview is on by default. Yeah. And requires an opt out the to disable to view a preview. Power BI files directly in OneDrive and SharePoint is an opt in. Correct. So the, the saving part is on by default. That's fine. But I can I can I, I like the way they did that. The preview is off by default. The saving is on by default. Yeah. 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 Which would make sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just be be aware of those things. That way you can observe that. And that way you you will know that it's coming and people ask about it, you'll know about it. Anyways, good topics. I think that's going to be an interesting feature. Looking forward to seeing it come through. I like where they're going with things. All right, moving on to our main article of the day. After we were ha halfway through this thing. <laughs> we got debated. We were debating pretty hard on that one. It wasn't a big deal, but apparently it was a big deal. Apparently it was a big deal. <laughs> Apparently, I'm going to make it a big deal. Pre-announcements. So um, we're going to jump into an article by Erica off of NightingaleDevs.com. So this is our article for today. It should be in the link. I'll put it also in the chat window as well here. Erica Gunn. And so this is a very interesting article around, again, this is a very similar topic, potentially. Uh, data exploration journey, the magic of collaboration. So this is a bit more about focusing on data and the exploration of information and data and working collaboratively to figure out what does that look like? How do you explore data? So really interesting article. She has a really neat diagram. That's, that's kind of a, a little, a little chart that I think is very interesting to, um, to look at. I, I believe I did some ideation training a long time ago uh, when I was back in my corporate job. And I feel like this chart showed up, uh, Similar, a similar chart showed up to this uh, that I was working through, where you you kind of like discover more things, and as you discover more things, you you absorb more ideas. Like so, that the, all ideas are good ideas. We want to have a really wide net, cast a lot of ideas down, and then we kind of narrow our scope. We kind of throw out ideas that aren't good, and then we kind of broaden our scope again and say, okay, how do we solve the problem? And then we narrow our scope again. So this feels a bit like that, um, where you're 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 trying to articulate the idea of. We have information, we have data. How do we get through this creative process of being able to design data exploration journeys or stories on top of your information? Yeah, Thoughts? I agree. I, any, any I, I, liked, I yeah. liked the visual too, and I got stuck there, but um, probably <laughs> probably in a different way, right? From this, okay. uh, but similar, similar but different. Hmm? The, the, the point I wanted to make is, is that uh, whether it's the exploration of data or I, I suppose this makes sense <clears throat> on anything data related, but also at the very front end in delivery as well. Mm -hmm. there's, there's always this this curve, right? Or in in their um, view, how do, how do I do this on the 
a diverging or an opening right yeah yeah well it is expanding in focus and understanding like all of these different realms and and hitting that overload point um there's the tipping point that comes down into focused analysis where you're going to spend a lot of time solving that problem. And whether that's on the front end or when you're building it, the same kind of process continues. Um, the point I wanted to make is it's really critical, though, that that's why um, it's really critical to have a very clear idea of what you're trying to solve in mm -hmm. all of those stages. Because what happens a lot from experience, right, in, in when I first began in data, you would go, you'd get into these projects or something where you'd have a very large expanded scope. And then you'd be like, ah, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to hone in on this thing. And you spend a lot more time honing in to try to solve something mm -hmm. and, and you miss the mark. Mm -hmm. And then you got to start over, right? Because actually you didn't really have a clear idea of of what it was you were trying to solve with your deeper analysis and and or that equates to the same thing on the front end even when you go through this find all your data sets set it all up did you deliver what the end user needed right and mm -hmm. and a lot of wasted effort can be um introduced into these project cycles because you don't have that clear idea so as i was like kind of looking at this chart of like expanding and then honing down yep. um i i thought about that um and just wanted to make the point that that's why it's really a really good idea to have a clear idea of if i'm going to spend a bunch of time what does that output look like and that also stops you from going down um into rabbit holes when you're doing that focused analysis because that can happen too well, and part of this is personality too. And I, I don't think we give enough credit to personality traits and how important that is in also our space and what, what can be detrimental and what can be really productive. Uh, let me ask you guys, do, are you guys better working with teams or are you better working alone? Depends on what we're I doing, I think. I don't know right. if people like working with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, well, I mean, if I put this in the lens of the article here, I mean, one of, one of the first kind of why collaborate elements here at the top here is to find diversity of thought, right? So one, one of these opportunities to be able to get together with people who think differently than you, you the, the outflow of a production of multiple people that have very different backgrounds usually produces something that is better than the, the sum of the one person. It's the, the term synergy, right, comes to mind. Right. We, we build a synergy around these people that have a wide variety of skills. And I think that's something that I've tried to put in to my company to some degree where we, we have like, you know, people who are very app dev focused. We have people that are, that are design focused. We have people that are model focused. Right. And then if you have these different skill sets, when you bring them all together, you now have a very diverse thought on like, OK, how can you get to, to a better product as a combination of these things? Because then, you know, you're you're building better scrims in the background. So it makes it feel more app esque. Right. You're doing. You're simplifying your data model to make it easier to consume and build measures. Like, there's a lot of aspects I think to this. I don't think you can do this on every project. Let me be clear, because yeah. um, sometimes projects aren't big enough for more than one person. But I, I think the idea here is there are certain projects or there are certain things that you're going to do either for fun or finding people that are similar in nature to you. Again, I'm I'm talking a little bit less around like the project in the company because you're kind of like. In those cases, you're kind of stuck, right? Okay, you know, Mike, here's your project. This is your report you need to build. Figure it out. Like, that's a bit, I don't think that's exactly what this article is talking about. I feel like this article is talking about a bit more around, you know, how do you find like-minded people who like data and, and how do you work well with them and why would you want to work with them? Because there's things you can potentially learn from them. That's kind of how I'm reading it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and, and I agree with that, right? But I, I think to some degree, there's, there's kind of two points that we can talk about. One is obviously that, like the collab okay. collaboration, team building, diversity, et cetera, versus the collaboration within a specific Power BI project as well, right? Because the, there, mm -hmm. there are a lot of similarities um, between those two. But to answer your, your question on, on my part, I think there's a time and place for both. I, I enjoy working in, in both uh, like together and apart. Right, because a lot of what we do is can be just data analysis. It's analyzing, understanding an area of business. You can't. Sometimes that elicits multiple people, but typically it's you're on your own. You're trying to solve a problem, and um, 
that that's not great collaborate col collaboration areas. Um, but building reports, right? Like putting together pages, um, making sure that we understand, like are producing what the end user is expecting. Like those are great opportunities for teams to collaborate together and talk through, like bring different perspectives, bring different experiences, mm -hmm. um, et cetera. Um, Which will be a lot I easier do, on SharePoint too, yeah, by the way. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like Mike's point. Uh, if you think about um, one of one of team building, right, or just finding people to collaborate with, is diversity of thinking and skills is a is a really valuable thing. If you get everybody, like if if you know to to Mike's point, if he hired the same skill set across everything, then when all those people get together, they're just you just get yep yep. Yep, sounds good, yep. right? Everything very, yep. a very we similar output. We all agree. We all yep. agree. Let's we go. Agree. Mm -hmm. We all agree. It is. <laughs> it is the way. It is the way. This right? is the way. Yes. Versus, you know, diversity of skill sets for you know different areas of the report. Great, but sometimes that's where you know bringing in a, a full time analyst or bringing in somebody whose expertise over the years has been UI UX, right? Yes. Instead of Power BI refresh like interject some really refreshing ideas around that challenge status quo and i i think dynamically you think about the conversations that we have in in this forum we're collaborative we're collaborating together we we don't all think the same way there's a, there's some similarity in thought but our personalities are are different right right and i think that's what makes dynamic um, conversation, which is also what elicits new ways of thinking about problems and, and solving them. And I'll take a quick high level. I think, Mike, something you said stuck out to me where you're talking about the different people you're working with. Honestly, from a high level, regardless of the uh, the audience that you have or the, the dialogue that you're going to have, whoever that person is, this really goes back to the importance of the communication skills and the setting expectations on what are you supposed to get uh, out of the project or what are you trying to get out of this? Mm -hmm. Whether it's me working with you or me working with a stakeholder or me working on building a report, who's doing what, what are we trying to get out of this, regardless of if we're similar or not? It's kind of aligning expectations and having that over communication. That's something that I found regardless of the project or the person or the skill set is kind of setting that up from the forefront of what are we trying to do together or who's going to do what and what are we trying to get out of this? Yes. I, I listened to a, it was a, a talk from Rob Colley and he was talking about very similar in this, in this scenario, right? Uh, if you had someone sit down and write an app or a piece of code, right? The, the, the code that is the end of the project is whatever, you know, three pages right. long or however, however many lines of code that is, right? You know, 300, 400 lines of code, right? That's the output of the project. The input to that project is a lot of communication and requirements and all this yeah. extra work that is trying to make sure everyone's on the same page. And there is, there's always going to be this high volume of communication, clarity, you, you can't, you know, when I'm building reports just for me and audience of myself, it's very easy to communicate because I'm, I'm just internally focusing on what I need to build, what's helpful for me. But as soon as you involve other people, there is uh, this need for higher levels of communication. And so I, it adds value, but it also potentially slows the project down a lot as well. Well, and I mean, for myself, one of my, I think, biggest hurdles starting in the Power BI world or just from a professional was I like to take things and run. I would assume too many things. And I've really tried to make that one of the stronger skill sets on anything we do. What, what are the objectives and goals we're trying to get out of this? Yeah. And we're going to follow up on that. And here's what we talked mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Because I know myself, I'll just run with things and go, oh, well, I thought you meant this. And you either get the uh, you know, dissatisfaction with the people you're working with or you're, to Seth's point, you're not of completing the goal, take it on, uh, um, take it on its head when you're actually doing it successfully and you kind of have those communication in place, the collaboration could be one of the most fruitful things you do, um, in a professional mm -hmm. career. And th those are some of the most enjoyable and things, uh, um, kind of moments and some of the things that I can still remember what I've learned from those projects where I was collaborating mm -hmm. with others. Yes. And I can so, both so, audiences. So let's 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 hang into where yeah. the article like dives, and if we want to divert into you know Power BI and specific 
team projects, et cetera, we can. But because I, I, I think she brings up some really interesting points that we've talked about a, a little bit in terms of getting involved and engaged uh, in community, right? Uh, a lot of the things, like there are several reference points where um, her recommendation around wanting to collaborate with others, um, whether that be a, a project that you're passionate about or find um, a, a way to plug in with people, is is to join a community, find find like minded individuals that uh, revolve around the same realm, mm -hmm. and that's where user groups, right? Where even yes. the podcast and the chat, right? Like the data communities and people that are already engaging in these conversations. That's where you meet them, right? Correct. And the 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 important part about wanting to collaborate with people that I love about the point she makes in here is you need it like you you obviously want to be intentional if you are you have a project that you want to engage others but it's about building relationships first i, right? I like that and, point a lot too and yes and that is that is something especially i find um i find recently for some reason and recently by like the last couple of years is um there are a lot of people that want like demand time without a relationship Right. That's and, very and true. What's, what's happening is the default for people who are community driven or who are out there or wherever is to just ignore the request because there's no relationship there. Yeah. Right. And that's where it's you. If you're if you're serious about something, you, you need to engage with people first. And a great way to you do that is in spaces that these people uh, who know data, who live it, who like enjoy, you know, interacting with one another, live and start to live there too, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that requires you to not just go to a meeting or show up, but uh, to her point, put yourself out there. Yes. Join in in the conversation, right? And understand that everybody is at different levels throughout everybody's experience, right? So mm -hmm. just because you may be coming in on a low end or because in, in the article in here, she knew nothing about R. So she engaged somebody who knew had that strength, but she had her own strengths, right? And that's where looking at this in the perspective of people bringing different qualities to a project um, are, are, is a value add, but just engaging, you know, you, you got to put yourself out there first. I totally agree with that one. I, I think of a, a community. So a couple of things that I would, you know, so we're talking about community <laughs> people getting together. Sorry. I, I just, Dan, oh. Dan's comment, be careful putting yourself out there. That's how he met Mike and Seth. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh boy. There are consequences. <laughs> there are consequences to doing to these actions. Yes. You know, uh, Warning: Your mileage, your mileage may vary on this this recommendation here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you don't know who you're going to meet, right? <laughs> so, we, I mean, I, I would also echo this from, from a like areas for people who are who are newer to the Power BI community. Where could you get involved? Where would you find some similarities on, uh, amongst others in this space? Uh, there's a lot of online communities, right? So there's mm -hmm. meetups. There's now uh, if you go to meetup and you look power look up Power BI, there's a lot of user groups all over the world that are doing that. You can go to community.powerbi.com. There's also a bunch of community groups that have groups that are listed inside powerbi.com and helping people get together and collaborate. Um, there is, uh, I know Dynacube is like a stream every Saturday. There's a live stream that, that you can participate there. Um, I know there's other groups that are participating on an early morning Saturday call just to kind of get together and talk about Power BI. One community that I'm really enjoying right now is, is kind of the Deneb community. There's a lot of people building and, and visualizing data that's in there as well. Um, it, that's another a group of people that are very focused on visual things. So I, I really like that that spin there. Is again, I'll I'll liken this to where my experience has been. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm I'm a drummer. Uh, I've been I've played drums for pretty much my whole life. Uh, but being a musician, when you play with musicians, you always want to find other people that are. Uh, better than you to, to play with because it always brings your level up to to be able to like oh man that was really hard these guys are really good so in the same way i kind of look for like people in the visualization space that are are part of my band members right people that are doing things that i want to be doing and so i ask questions to them i talk to them i build those relationships so that way when i have a question to rui romano about all this code stuff that he's writing i can be like hey rui i need some help 
uh, your code doesn't make sense to me. Or, and, and I find a lot of things where, you know, if you're, if you're an individual who's looking to figure out how do I, how do I break into that space? How do I start getting myself out there at part of the community? There's a lot of, again, one thing I'll, I'll recommend is uh, Rui had a whole bunch of uh, examples and things on GitHub and I would read through his code and try and find things that are in there. And I was working on his code and I would uh, submit some pull requests back. Hey, look, I added some comments to your, your code here, right? I, I, it didn't make sense to me. It wasn't documented to, to, so I could understand it. So I added some enhancements to it. What do you think? And, we, and then we kind of would form a relationship. So you basically try to find areas where you can assist and help a project along. And when you jump in and, and help that project along, you're, you're, they're able to say, oh, look, this guy's will, or gal is willing to participate, is willing to jump in here and help move this forward. That's how you start building some of those relationships, I think. And I, I want to take that a step forward where don't be afraid to getting or working on mentorship. Um, part of the amazing part of this community, and I think with the Microsoft MVPs, is if you really like an article by someone or really like some that uh, uh, um, contribution that someone did, reach out to them, especially if they're Microsoft MVPs, odds are they're going to be happy to help. And if you're coming from, I think, a sincere place too. I've done that. Uh, I actually reached out to Kurt Bueller about, I'm like, I don't know how you always create all these articles. I want to actually learn your process for your consistent amazing articles and that's something that i wanted to do and learning from the best you know kurt's been consistently putting out articles but really good even, yeah but even when it comes to the community when it comes to if you're learning something specific in the power bi space or you're just trying to learn a new skill set the reason why I think we have the MVPs and Microsoft's invested in the community is because they kind of understand that own, like in a sense, organic ecosystem, so to speak. So don't be afraid to look for mentorships, especially if they're at your own job, if you can identify one. I, I will say this about Microsoft MVPs or just MVPs in general that I've experienced. A lot of the MVPs are very busy, is what I would say. So, so don't reach out to Mike. <laughs> well, you, you can. It just, yeah. you may not get a response. Don't be offended if you don't. But um, I, mean, I feel like MVPs are very engaged with community. Uh, you know, try and meet them where they're at. So if they're speaking at an event, appear, right? If they're, if they're doing some other things, like engage uh, initially that way to start forming some of those relationships. Um, but I would also echo too, MVPs are a great opportunity. There's actually a lot of other really smart, very sharp people in the community that are not MVPs and potentially should be. They just don't have what I would call like, you know, part of being an MVP is having a, a casting a wide audience around whatever you're you're working on. Right. So I, I think there's a lot of people that are just uh, just crushing it, doing really awesome things in the community. It just may be a little bit harder to find them because Microsoft's not pushing as much. I don't I don't think I know that. Right. Like we're a very small yeah. subset of of Total individuals that like love power BI. Con constantly talking about stuff or doing things and putting stuff out there. Oh, but also at the same time, like um, MV a lot of MVPs are are the group organizers, right? It's it's the community aspect where like getting you will find technical professionals in any one of these communities, right? And they are likely going to have much more time around specific needs like mentor mentor to me is a kind of a bigger deal right on mm -hmm. on the realm of like we are already like yeah. well established and we have relationship that's standing that's and there's a, that's a good point there's a specific yeah. thing that you want to get better at that that person is an expert in or you just really admire and you want you want them to help um kind of guide you and and um has a specific outcome right um so in this realm with collaboration though like it's not to me it's not that heavy it's like a, a mentorship is consistent it's it's typically meeting quite a bit like talking about objectives helping you think through processes and then that person going and doing things and trying to elevate themselves in their career etc cetera, etc cetera. collaboration is more around like hey how do we do something together i've i'm passionate about developing this report around you know the, the yankees hey tommy <laughs> i know you love them Right. Like what you want to get together and, and let's let have us, dinner. Yeah, let's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's do Let's do Let's talk about this stuff. Right. Um, hey, you're passionate about this thing or, you know, I love Mike, like Mike, your way you introduced yourself to Rui. It's like, hey, this guy's already got a bunch of stuff out there. I'm going to I'm going to go put myself out there first and help him with his projects that he's doing yep. and engage in a relationship there first. Yeah. And by doing so, 
hey, there's this other ancillary thing that I'm working on too. Are you interested in engaging in that, right? Yeah. And that's where like the parts in here where um, being specific about what type of collaboration you're looking for, right? Be, be Set up your expectations. Understand, like convey the limits as far as like, what is, what is it you expect from, from this other individual, right? Mm-hmm. And making sure that it is mutually beneficial or that's something that they would be interested in before you go do that. And what does that require? You're the first person you meet that knows Power BI is not probably not going to be the person that you want to collaborate with. You need to <laughs> you need yes. to get into these communities yeah. where um, you you see a wide spectrum of how people are thinking about things. What are their backgrounds? How are they working on Power BI? But like, and that a lot of that happens in after like a user group setting where you know like the way we run things is like afterwards there's a team's meeting right. Who's showing up on video? Who's asking questions? Hey, tell me about, you know, what's going on? What are you guys working on? Et cetera, et cetera. Like float those those questions out there. And a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, I work in administration all the time. And this is what we do and how we do it. And then that, that way you start to develop those relationships. Mm-hmm. But, I, but all, I, all the while, right, you can be strategic about like how you're engaging with communities because maybe maybe you want to collaborate with somebody. Right. But ultimately, it, it, the funny thing about it is it's going to expand or, or uh, add, add value to you even before you get to the collaboration, because you're already you're getting out there in the community. You're talking to other people um, and and there's a ton of value in that, which all of us uh, agree with. I, I slightly want to shift in in terms of from community to within your organization, where I think if you can't identify someone in your organization to collaborate with, regardless if they're even in the Power BI space, whether it's a project you're building, you know, like you are building a project, but it's someone from another department Mm -hmm. to collaborate on can be so fruitful, but there's more than just the benefit of, I think just the article of I'm learning, I'm getting a new skill set. You're also identifying people, the organization and what they do in terms of who can I reach out to for this? Who has some sway here? And I think there's a big part of that. It's not necessarily always guaranteed you're going to find people willing to, or that have in a sense, the, in a sense, the necessities, but if you can find people in your organization, like, Hey, I'm working on, we're working on this report. I know you don't do reports, but I want to get your feedback on this. And one uh, part of the building the relationships at your organization, but also understand that like almost let me help you. Like I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. There's a lot of benefits there that honestly, I, I really just want to emphasize that it's not just community where collaboration can happen. And it doesn't have to be sure. just you're a Power BI guy. I'm a Power BI person. Great. It can be someone that knows or has a skill set or has knowledge in somewhere in the organization you don't. And I, and I think if I if I think about the broader community, right, the community of practice around Power BI, this fits very well yeah. with that. And honestly, if I'm I'm not trying to put my my Power BI administration hat on here too much, but this is an activity that you want to encourage in your organization. Yeah. And I think this should be an activity that is somewhat led from the this the center of excellence. The center of excellence should be providing opportunities call it challenges, lunch and learns, Power BI, Power Hours. Like there, there needs to be some sort of space inside your company to find these like-minded people because people just don't, won't naturally sit down to each other at a lunchroom or whatever. If your company's big enough, I don't know if you have a lunchroom or not. But if you sit down and you just won't find these people and be like, oh yeah, hey, Tommy, I, right. I, didn't, know, I didn't know you were in finance. Oh, you're doing Power BI reports stuff? Okay, interesting. What are you working on? And that's and that's a really great opportunity where you can say, well, Tommy's like, oh, I'm struggling with these DAX things. I'm trying to build this, you know, profit and loss statement. How how would I do that? And oh, I got an idea. And oh, I heard something here. And then you add value to their project or effort. And that's where you can really start forming relationships across right. business teams. But the point here that I want to make is the center of excellence or the the leadership team of what's going on in Power BI, they should be driving these opportunities to sure, the organization yeah. and making sure people have the ability to find other like-minded people because they're there. Yeah. Data well, dojo. Yeah. yeah. James, you're perfectly right. Like it's, it's just the same concept. And I think part of this, like the, some of the most fruitful projects I worked on were 
came from something completely organic with someone, a vice president of sales who built a relationship with, and they understood what I did. I, they kind of became the liaison for sales and it happened from organic conversations and it's part relationship, but part collaborating, like rather than going to this, like, you're the BI person. I need a task. Just talking, having the conversations mm -hmm. is part of the collaboration. So, and I agree. And I think that needs to be fostered more where again, your service, your support, you build a report. Yeah, I think I think for I, I like the points, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Within an organization, a COE or a business intelligence team or a data dojo, whatever you want to call it, like could could definitely create these opportunities for collaboration. And that collaboration or that project could be very company specific, right? So that there's a there's already that mutual together, like, hey, we're going to go to do this thing together because it's going to benefit the same company we work for, etc. Uh, one of the call outs I do want to make before <clears throat> we have to wrap up is uh, some of the pitfalls that she calls out uh, to avoid. And I, mm, I over, to get to that too. over yeah. time, these are some really good points. Yes. Um, the first, the first off while, while reading these is what I've seen is um, that because just because you're passionate about something, it may not be that anybody else is right. <laughs> and, and that true that, statement, that union of, a collaboration is such that like how she outlines is both of these people were very interested in doing this project together, right? Just because you're interested doesn't mean that the person who may have those technical skills is. So her three points are don't make others responsible for your project, which you should never have an idea. And then just like, Hey, I found a person who's going to help me or uh, like offer into this thing. And then it's just this one sided, like, wait, where, where are you? kind of thing. Um, collaboration is not a way to get free help or work from a professional, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is a, a solid one because seen that before in, in there, it's like, well, if, if you're asking them to do something that they get paid to do, you should they get paid. Typically want to get paid, paid. to do that thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. True. Right. Very and true. This is where this I'm is where a I, resource. Right. I, I I made that point earlier about it's got to be yeah. mutually beneficial. Like pe people have to want to engage in something together to go attack a collaboration. And then her final point is this is not a fun. It, it this is not a fun only zone, and we know that every like everything you do has a cost and typically that cost is time yes. and the more um the more things you do the less time you have right so this is where we Tommy I think you already made the comment right like people are busy like and the more you more visible people are or the higher you go in an organization or you run your own company like we we're probably some of the least <laughs> like have about the least amount of time to give yeah. as possible which yep. is why it's so great to like get into a community of people, whether that's at work or whatever yes. in these frameworks that like you guys are probably have more time together than the people that are leading the group or bringing all the people together or doing, doing the speaking, et cetera. This is so why we only I talk like on a podcast together. in the morning. <laughs> we don't have any time to make a phone call. We just, we just get together on a podcast and talk get about stuff. Your morning calls. Well, I, I can't emphasize enough that it does have to be mutually beneficial as much as people want to help. It's not all altruistic where if you just come to someone and go, I want you to do this or, Hey, help me do this. And there's not in a sense perceived benefit for the other person. It's not really collaboration and that yeah. person's probably not going to be as willing to help. So that can't be emphasized enough. Collaboration is that relationship building for both people. How many, how many times have you been hit up on LinkedIn and like, Hey, Tommy, um, I, I have a data model. Yeah. Yeah. Can, I have this data model DAX question. Can you help me out? I'm like, yeah. Well, have you done your research? Have you looked in the community? Have you? I don't Google? even answer. I, you, yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, yeah. My, my rate yeah. is, here's my rate. Yeah. Well, I, I literally didn't even get, hey, Tom, he's like, I have a DAX problem. I'm trying to do this. Not even a, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't do, don't. The, don't do the sales tactic that it apparently is really popular lately, which is, I have no idea who you are. And yes. It's like, hi, hi, Seth. Um, when when this week can I schedule this ten to fifteen minute meeting? All to talk the to stinking like, time you, you can't and you we ignored. Won't because no I thanks, Chat GPT. Have, I right. don't want your. You well, I I will I, I'll give uh, LinkedIn some credit. LinkedIn is doing a much better job of being able to tell like 
have that little auto prompting that says no thank you and then yeah, yeah. Do, some, <laughs> some, someone will respond to me and they'll ask me a question i'm like hello i'm so glad you i'm so glad we got an introduction yeah. and then it'll right. be like okay like I'll, i don't respond and then like a week later like oh hello i'd like to schedule a meeting with you can we schedule a meeting and then the, the automatic prompt actually shows up it says no thank you and then i click it and then i move on so if, if i don't respond unless the it's automatic prompts are there it's just like <laughs> i don't have time Develop relationships there. Yeah, and it, correct. It's you know, don't come out of the blue and and try to like, yeah, you, know, you need to have the relationship there first. Well, um but, but I do wanna I do wanna make one oh, okay. point here though. Sure. When you when you put in this work, um finding the right people to collaborate, and this show is an example of that. It can is one of the most rewarding things. It can be extremely fun for as much for as much uh, work as is involved to put together a project or something that you're doing together with people. Um, f finding the right folks, putting together and, and doing something collaboratively, it can be one of the most rewarding things you do. So it is definitely worth it. Um, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to you know find the right folks and get it off the ground um, running, but if you have an idea and you want to run with it, definitely, definitely, I would suggest uh, it's definitely worth it. And I, I think I can say definitely, definitely a lot more times. I think you should say it one more time. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely I, think I that's definitely needed more in your sentences. You definitely do definitively agree with my. I definitely, definitively <laughs> agree. Finally, with your definition of those definite statements. I think you're correct. I think, I think the best. The best Dr. Seussing of things happened yesterday with Emily on on the podcast. Oh yeah! So if you want to, if you want to data, <laughs> Dr. Seussing, someone should snip about that one. Three quarters of the way through, yeah. Where was where was Kratos on that one? Yeah, we need we need to <laughs> snippet that one. Can you model on a plane? Can you model on a train? I think that's kind of where yeah. we went with that one. Can yeah. you model on a far? I can model can, in a car. Can you model? Can you model in a car? Yeah, I can model, can from, model afar. from afar. Exactly. I think we're. I think. I think this is going to be a thing. Maybe that was it. Uh, I think it's something around that. Anyways, uh, what does ChatGPT said uh, say today? So today, our question for ChatGPT is list three methods. List three methods to find people to collaborate uh, on a data project. Mm. So one would be online platforms and communities. Uh, there are numerous online platforms that you can go look at. We kind of we kind of got there as well. Yep. Uh, professional networking events and conferences. I don't think we talked about conferences, but I think oh, I found gonna... a lot of really interesting people at conferences. Yep, I agree with that. And I would yep. also say that's maybe where you'll find those experts that are not MVPs potentially because the people are going to the see learners. other people. Yeah. They're, they're learners and they want to go learn something about that conference. We built uh, ALM Toolkit before it was actually an app. He packaged it up as when it was just got on GitHub at a conference. Yeah. Um, someone I met there it was phenomenal. See? Yeah. And and then uh, the, the the third recommendation was look for people on social media and online forums, utilizing social media platforms like LinkedIn, Twitter, and Reddit. And Reddit, I will say, is a very fun community. The Reddit community around Power BI is kind of fun. They keep throwing out memes every so often. I dig those memes. So those are those are enjoyable uh, to say See the least. See episode fifty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See episode fifty where we talk about memes you can't see. Uh, Tommy's favorite topic right there. We'll probably have to do a revisit on that one because there's so many good new memes that are out there that we'll talk about. When we get to five hundred, I'll. <laughs> when we get to pre-announcing episode five hundred. <laughs> pre-announcing <laughs> episode five hundred. Well, well the meme episode. Well Thank you. We're gonna. That's gonna have a high attendance. We've already sold it. Get your memes now. Episode five hundred. <laughs> write it down, Tommy. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do it if we ever make it there. Oh, that's good. Excellent. So uh, with that, you've, you've wasted a perfectly good hour with us. It's been a lot of fun. Great conversation. Uh, hope everyone can find someone in a community or get plugged in somewhere. Uh, you, you already are plugged in with our community, so thank you very much for listening. Our only ask is to go find more people. Uh, you know, Share this podcast with other people. Let them know that you found some value from it. We'd love to have more people participating, chatting, and engaging with these kind of topics. It's, you know, it's not hardcore Power BI stuff. It's kind of that... The, the water cooler conversation around Power BI things. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere it's available, Apple and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe. You can listen to all of our previous uh, episodes, and you can also leave a rating. Helps us out a ton. Finally, join the conversation live every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central on all Power BI.tips social media channels. Excellent. Thank you all very much, and we'll see you next week.